Brooke Eagle, and we are back with another episode of the Forsyth Mags podcast. And today I have one of Forsyth Woman's newest columnists. I have Jane Burnett, clean living with Coach Jane. She's been writing for us for, what, six months? Yeah. 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 Well, we're so excited to have you. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your coaching and how you got into this business. Yeah. So I have always... um, exercised and I've mainly exercised because I'm an eat to live or live to eat person (laughs) I I can relate to that (laughs) and then something happened um, around the age of 35 and that no longer worked Um, and so I started uh, looking at my diet as well and just made some changes with my diet and saw massive differences Um, and then also my my middle son um, struggled with learning disabilities at school and we changed his diet and now he's in the top 10 of his class wow so it's pretty cool what so diet lifestyle us, i want to talk about that for a little bit what um what kind of start made made you decide to start that change and what were some of the specific changes that you made to his diet yeah so for him he um was classified as dyslexic which just means he has issues reading and writing and spelling and things Um, And we actually took out gluten for him, which is you would not equate that, you know, that that could help, but it reduced his brain fog and inflammation. And I think it was just a big, it made a big impact uh, with his, and just his drive to want to learn and um, do his best in school. But, um, but I equate a lot of that to his diet. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I know I've been hearing a lot on the news and on social media and all the things about um, like food diets, specifically like Red 40. Yes. And how it can like not be helpful for kids who have ADHD and things like that. Yes. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, you know, there in Europe, all of those um, artificial dyes are completely banned. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. You know, it's interesting. Kraft macaroni and cheese in Europe is uh, the color is turmeric and we still use uh, dye. That might have changed wow. now. But I mean, why can't we just use turmeric to color it? <laughs> yeah. The, the bright orange. Um so, yes, that has been, you know, M&Ms, all of those things can impact um, ADHD for huh. sure. Yeah. That's, that is so interesting. Yeah. And, and one thing, you know, just a simple change you can do is just take out the Gatorades and things with the colors. There's plenty yeah, of options. Say, what are some what are some examples and then some swaps of some of the most popular uh, foods? You mentioned macaroni and cheese that, that kids love and yeah. adults sometimes that yeah. we can kind of easily start to swap out. Yeah. I mean, I think as far as like drinks, um, Gatorade actually now has a stevia sweetened um, drink that is and stevia. Yeah. So stevia is a natural plant. It's a natural sweetener and you can grow that. It There's literally a stevia plant that you can buy and sweeten your tea and things with. Um, so I would say, you know, just anything that's clear. And then there's also things like buy, which are, um, you know, is a drink that's brightly colored, but it's naturally colored. Um, as far as foods, I would just, you know, something fun to do with your kids is to go to the grocery store. And if they know all the ingredients on the back of the label, then they can buy it. But yeah. if not, then I would say bypass it. Yeah. So yeah. that's, yeah, that's, that's good to know. Um, I know I'm trying to think of some of the columns that you've written. I know a few months ago you did a part one and a part two on, for women on our cycle yes. and how you should kind of, you 
basically each week is something totally different. Yeah. So kind of walk us through that in case yeah. people miss, miss that article. Yeah, I loved writing that. Um, I think that women have kind of, we've cursed our menstrual cycle. <laughs> Yeah, for since we got it. Um, and I think we can use it as our superpower. So, um, you know, I, I think that also um, your bleed week, if we're getting specific, is a great barometer of how you've handled the month before. So mm-hmm. how you've treated your body, if you've had if you have horrible PMS, horrible cramps, migraines, things like that. It's going to show up the week, the days leading up to your bleed um, and beyond. So. You can use your menstrual cycle as your superpower, and I think that, you know, the first week of your bleed week, um, that's usually when you're not as hungry, so that's where if you wanted to try intermittent fasting or do more fasting, time-restricted eating, it's a good time to do that. It's a good time just to be easy on your body and just walk a lot and not try to go crazy in the gym, Hit try to hit PRs. Um, week two is where uh, testosterone rises. So it's actually a great time to hit PRs in the gym. And it's where um, you can have more carbs, more, I would definitely recommend more protein, not try to do any crazy long fast that week. Um, you will find maybe that those weeks, those days leading up to ovulation, um, that you're more social. You want to get out and about. Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah, because so I know the introverts can rejoice. Yeah, that <laughs> that's so interesting because I know for sure for me, and I'm sure most of our listeners, female listeners, can relate. There are some times where you're just like, no, I don't yes. want to talk to anybody. Yes. I want to be by myself. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so it's scientifically backed. Why? Yes. Um, and then week three, um, you know, you've ovulated. Um, you are not as um, insulin sensitive, meaning you can't handle carbs as well. But, you know, that's okay. Just keep training, um, strength training, uh, cardio is fine. All of, the, all of those are fine in week three. Um, and then week four, you're more hungry. So I would say listen to your body and eat more food, you know, instead of white knuckling your way through the day as women tend to do and not listen to our hunger. So it all kind of balances out if you listen to your body, you know, um, and so using that as, you know, a tool and as your superpower instead of complaining about it. I love that. Yeah. I love that for the diet and the exercise, because I think a lot of times you're so right with, with diet. We're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be good. Yes. I'm going to fast for this long, or I'm going to not eat this, but like, it's just going to make you binge eat more later. Exactly. It's just it's not sustainable. It is kind of you know, an ebb and a flow. Yeah. And I think um, that's the one thing that I'd, I'd love for women to shift their mindset on that, you know, restrict, 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 because then you're going to ultimately binge at some point and, yeah. you know, um, overeat. And so it's like, it's great when you get, can get to a place where you're just, you know, moderation 365 and yeah. just enjoy the weekends don't feel bad about it or, you know, a Monday night whenever you want to. Um, and then mm-hmm. just, you know, offset it on the other days. But yeah. Let it go. And I think the exercise portion is so important too, because I know um, for me and a lot of other women at my gym, we can sometimes, it can be discouraging when you're like, okay, I just have not had a good workout day all week. And it's like, that's because you're, you don't need to be going hard this week. You need to be taking more leisure walks or doing some stretching yes. and not, you know, it's not, this is not your week to. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Hit PRs, like you said. Yes, yes. So, so giving yourself permission, I think, is, yeah. is very nice to, yeah. to ourselves. 
For sure. So I know you are the kettlebell queen. Yeah. How long have you been doing kettlebell training? So I started, uh, for some reason, I always just love kettlebells. That was like my thing when I would do HIIT workouts. And, um, you know, I think something shifts. Well, something shifted for me to where exercise was not just like, okay, let me burn these calories to where I can eat my burger and fries after. You know, it was... Um, at 46, I'm like, okay, what can I, wh- how how far can I, what can I do with my body at this yeah. age? How can I have um, fun, too? Yeah, exactly. So um, about 42, actually, is when I really started training for kettlebells, and um, I love it. That's yeah. so fun. Yeah, it's fun to lift heavy weights. It is fun. <laughs> yeah. I totally agree. I support that message. Yes. Yeah, I think people, uh, some people I hear a lot that they just hate exercising, and I'm like, that's because you just haven't found the, the right thing yet. There's so many choices for exercise. And I yeah. love that you've embraced kettlebells because that's what you enjoy doing. Yes, exactly. And thinking long term, again, as I, I get older, I'm like, you know, I want to be able to play with my grandkids. I want to be able to put the carry on up above the plane with all my travels I plan on doing um, instead of asking for help. Yeah. You know, so, we, you know, it. Uh, there's a great saying from someone that, that said, you know, you should start weight training 10 years ago, but if not, start tomorrow. You yeah. know, like, mm-hmm. you, you can go muscle at any age. There is no time machine, so you just start today, yes. start tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, and and there are, you know, um, for women that are 40 and up, and I know I keep harping on that because they are um, – because I am a woman 40 and up, but we do start to decline muscle at a more rapid age as hormones shift. So um, I think it's just you can recomp your body. You can have that hourglass shape just by strength training. So that's something I think is so important to share. I think some women probably think, oh, I'm in my 40s or in my 50s or in my 60s. It's mm-hmm. too late for me to start worrying about strength training but that's just not true it's not true yeah you can gain muscle at any age yeah for sure and like you said it's the older you get the more important it gets because it it goes away faster yeah and i think having that kind of higher purpose higher goal makes you want to do it it just it's less of a chore so anyway shifting that mindset again yeah well and it just makes you feel empowered when you do something that you know lifting heavy weights and and the endorphins all the things. All the things, for so sure. So if, if somebody is listening and they are interested in the thought of kind of tracking their cycle and figuring out how to how to eat based on that and how to exercise based on that, what would be like two or three quick tips for how to just kind of start that process that might seem a little bit overwhelming? Yeah, I would first just start tracking your cycle. So there's um, a great app. Well, there's a ton of apps. You can use an old-fashioned written cal- uh, calendar or on your phone, but... Um, there's the Clue app. So um, I think that I would first just start kind of seeing how long your cycle is. And then you can start kind of, again, listening to your body. Am I really hungry this week or am I not? You know, how is my sleep this week? Sometimes um, progesterone is or progesterone impacts sleep. It may not be as great the second half of your cycle if your progesterone is low. Um, but just kind of journaling how you're feeling throughout the month, I would say, is the first thing I would do. 
Um, and then if you really want to get in the nitty gritty, you can start tracking your cervical mucus. Oh. Um, and so you can, and the article does a great job kind of breaking that yeah, down. Yeah, I might you, even put, we can put like a link to that article in yeah. the uh, show notes or direct people to it so they can read it. Yeah, so it just is going to tell you when you ovulate, because we might not necessarily all have a 28-day cycle. You know, we're all different. So um, you can kind of start tracking a couple days before and see how that is. And yeah. again, just just listening. I would say the first month, just kind of track your feelings, emotions, um, you know, hunger, cravings, all, sleep, all of those first. And then um, as like a nice from base there. and starting point. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So how do, what about when these women who are menopausal or postmenopausal? Mm-hmm. What is what are some some suggestions for them and how to continue listening to their body? Yeah, when they so, don't necessarily have the same cycle. <laughs> exactly. So menopause and postmenopausal women have a whole lot more flexibility, you know. So they something good with getting older. Yes, and <laughs> and I think that's another thing. Like we kind of are scared of menopause and postmenopausal, you know, and it's really nothing to be. It's usually a stage in your life where. Um, your kids, if you have kids, are older, so they're not as dependent on you, um, or you're more established in your career, and that you know it's less stress in that way. So it's uh, usually you have more time on your hands. So I would hopefully, um, I would say for yourself, um, I would say for menopause, postmenopausal women, um, you, I would really work on your training. So on the days where you're training more, I would eat more carbs and things like that and fuel yourself. Um, and then just, again, nature for everyone, being outside, walking, all of those things you can do at any age. Yeah. Um, and if you want to do kind of the cycling that I recommend in the article, you can also base it on the lunar cycle. So the lunar cycle is 28 days. Oh, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. you can base it on full moon, you know, new, new moon, waxing moon, waning moon, if you want to kind of mix up your diet and oh, your training. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like it's probably, no, no matter what age you are, it's probably good to switch things up and not just stick with the exact same exact. eating habits and exercise habits all yes. month long. You just can't really do that. For sure. Yeah. 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 And I recently heard a podcast and I loved it when you can say to someone like, I am not following a certain diet. I am not paleo. I am not keto. I am not vegan. I am the Jane diet and the Brooke <laughs> diet. You <Yeah>. know, <laughs> yeah. and that can shift yeah. uh, throughout the month. It does. Yeah. What? With that being said, what, what's a typical day in the life of Jane and kind of some snack ideas or meal ideas or things that are go-tos for you? Yeah. So um, with the research that I've done and my personal experience, um, protein, so there's three macronutrients, protein, carbs, and fats. Um, Protein is the most satiating of the three macronutrients. Um, And I would say for me, that's something that's been a focus to make sure that I'm getting my ideal body weight in grams of protein, which is... um, you know, 120 grams of protein, which I have seen a lot of women um, are just not eating enough, not even eating the recommended RDA um, amount of protein. So, and that the RDA is like for survival type recommendations. Um, So for me, it's on days where I'm training hard, I do 
carb, do more uh, starchy carbohydrates, and I really try to do that after um, my workouts and then at night because carbs do help you sleep better if you struggle with sleep. And as a perimenopausal woman, I struggle with sleep. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, I kind of do it strategically, but um, I will say I used to be scared of carbohydrates and now I'm not, you know, I've just, again, am listening to my body. So, um, I'd like to start off with a big breakfast for me that sets me up for the rest of the day to where I don't have, I don't get snacky around that four o'clock time when I used to be. Um, it's also really helpful for people that are late nights snackers, Mm -hmm. you know, that eat dinner and then they sit down and they chill and they just, you know, start, um, wanting to eat the ice cream and things. Um, lunch is usually, if I can go out to lunch, a big salad somewhere local. And then... Where's your favorite place to grab a big salad in Winston? Oh, gosh. I, okay, so I love the porch. Um, and then I love chopped. And I love kava. And um, where else am I blanking? The Cardinal's great for... Sometimes I'll get an omelet for lunch. I love breakfast Ooh, for yeah. lunch or dinner. I can eat breakfast every meal of the day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I would say those are my go-tos. Oh, very cool. Yes. And yeah. what are your thoughts on I'm, I'm always curious about eating, about time of day that you eat. Like, is it a big, is it a big issue to eat a late dinner? Should you try to eat on the earlier side or is it, does it not really matter? Yeah, it's interesting you said that because I always thought, okay, you should have the majority of your calories when it's daylight, but it's actually whatever works for you. Like some people are not hungry in the morning. And so at lunch, you know, they're, they want to um, have their break their fast at lunchtime. And that's totally fine. If, as long as your hunger and cravings are great throughout the day. So it's really just the amount of calories and the amount of protein you're having in a 24 hour time. So it's actually just kind of based on, on you, but I would say if. And your schedule, everybody's schedule is so different. Exactly. Too. Yeah. Um, you know, I do like, I do think your digestion works best if you eat at the same times each day, if at all possible. Um, but I think it's kind of up to you as to whether you want to eat more in the morning or in the evening. But again, it all kind of goes back yeah. to calories. That's interesting. Yeah. I, um, yesterday, as an example, I had to coach our 6 a.m. class, which I never, ever, ever have to do. I'm not a morning person. And it was so interesting. I was like starving when I got done with this coaching this class at like yeah. seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I don't usually eat breakfast until, I don't know, eight, nine, even 10 sometimes. Mm-hmm. I just kind of wait till I'm feeling hungry. But I'm like, that's interesting when you tweak your your normal routine. Your body's like, ah, yes, yes, we need different for sure. food. Yeah. <laughs> So I think that's why, like, on vacation and stuff, it's definitely so different as far as the cravings and the the timing of eating and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, usually get to sleep in a little more on vacation yes. and things like that. I'm ready that. for a vacation. Do you have any yeah. vacations planned this summer? Um, I'm actually going to take my boys to the beach next week for a few days. Fun. So I'm excited to, to do that. What's your favorite beach to go visit? We're going to go to Wrightsville. My oh, oldest yeah. is um, working down there, so we're going to visit him. Oh, and that's and a, it's not a far drive. So Yeah, that's a great, a great area. Yeah. So how long have you been um, doing coaching now? When did you start? Yeah, so I started... Um, in 2015. Um, oh, wow. And um, I, start, I did private coaching. And then in 2017, I became the health coach of Robin Hood Integrative Health. So I'm there part time. And um, people I'd, drive from all over to go there. Yeah. I it mean, we, we have a really large amount of patients. And it's the most rewarding thing. I see 
miracles happen in very short periods of time with people. Oh, that, you can, know, it, do you I, have a success story that comes to mind that you would be able to share? Yeah. So, I mean, this this happens all the time. I think, um, you know, for women, thyroid, you know, so if some if a fem, female or male says, you know what, I'm exhausted all the time or at three o'clock in the afternoon, I'm cannot, you know, function, can't, I want to be horizontal on the sofa, that kind of thing. Um, we test your full thyroid. So there's most doctors will just test your TSH and we do a full thyroid panel. So in, in my opinion, um, TSH is about 20% of the picture with your thyroid. So just getting on a natural thyroid medicine, um, which has very few side, I mean, very few of any side effects um, can work a miracle in a pretty short period of time. Um, And then also food sensitivity. So we have a large, uh, you know, if people come in with digestive issues, autoimmune issues, um, you know, things where all their labs look great and the doctor's like, you're fine. You know, you, your labs look great. What, yeah. what are you here for? That can be frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just doing food sensitivities and taking those foods out, they feel a million dollars. I mean, they feel so much better wow. in two weeks. Yeah. In a two week period of time. That's, that's fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. So um, as we're wrapping things up, how if people are interested in do you do one on one coaching? Yeah. So I do coaching. I do. I do one on one coaching outside of Robin Hood. Um, I also help. I My specialty is women 40 and up in the perimenopause, postmenopausal phases of life. And I do group, group coaching um, outside of Robin Hood for, okay. for that as well. So how could we get in touch with you? Yeah, so um, Instagram is great. Um, I am Coach JBB on Instagram, or my website is healthcoachjane.com. Awesome. And um, I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, we will put that in our show notes so people can touch base with you. And thank you for coming on to chat with us. This thank was you. Fun. Thanks. And as always, you can find Forsyth Mags on social media at Forsyth Mags, and you can find all of our content, including Jane's monthly column, Clean Living with Coach Jane, at ForsythWoman.com. But you can find all of our publications at ForsythMags.com. And that is a wrap for today.